concerned about me right now? Don't worry about it because I have a tootsie in my mouth. Oh, God. Because I was in the mood for a little squeaking. Yep. Wilds out. <laughs> the View fans blast Whoopi Goldberg over gross on-air behavior at the start of live show. The moderator walked out from behind the stage, chewing food, and fans were quick to notice. On Thursday's show, the women on The View started off the show the same way they always do, walking out from backstage and waving to the audience. Going in order of how they sit, Whoopi always walks out last. She and Joy Behar walked out next to each other, and it was obvious that there was food in Whoopi's mouth. <laughs> when the camera zoomed in on her, she could be seen chewing. Hello, and welcome to The View, she said, with a full mouth. And if anybody is concerned about me right now, don't worry about it, because I have a tootsie in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, gosh, one of the panel members could be heard saying ah. off camera. I was in the mood for a little sweet thing, Whoopi said, turning to Sarah Haynes when I came out. She then directed the attention away from her chewing and said, so here's what's going on, before she dived into the first topic. By the end of the first discussion, she seemed to be done with her sweet treat. The View fans... <laughs> were not impressed by Whoopi's gross behavior and took to Twitter to comment on it. For the love of God, I wish Whoopi, the moderator, would not eat and try to talk on air. Hashtag The View, wrote one fan. Whoopi, stop eating! Hashtag The View, scolded another. A third pointed out the host eating. Whoopi's chewing a Tootsie Roll coming out. She wanted something sweet. Hashtag The View. Another fan simply asked, Really, Whoopi? Hashtag The View. Whoopi's on fire today. What was in that Tootsie Roll? Hashtag The View. <laughs> Joked one Twitter user. Come on, Whoopi. Tacky. Hashtag The View. Said one fan. One fan added, LOL. Whoopi is chewing on a Tootsie Roll. Lord, that will take forever to chew. I just want to say, um, hi. <laughs> and secondly, I've never felt so, I don't even know if I feel like personally attacked or called out or if I just like am having a moment where I'm like, oh my God, like, am I the whoopee? <laughs> because were you not eating like Twizzlers? I am constantly <laughs> eating candy. The last four times that we've recorded this podcast, I, at different periods, have eaten Sour Patch Kids, Sour Fuzzy Peaches, <laughs> Twizzlers, and Nibs. <laughs> and Swedish Berries. That's five different snacks that I've had. All dumped into during... your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> during the recording of this podcast. And so far, no, no, no listeners have caught on. You and Sean have gone on and called me out on it openly. 
but no one at home caught on. And I almost feel like this is like a lesson where I was like, I was flying too close to the sun. And like, you'll notice today I'm not, I'm not eating because I got scared. I don't want, I'm starving and, but I don't want the US sun writing an article about me. <laughs> you were going to have nachos, but you actually lit them on fire. <laughs> Marie and I have all day been like, th- so the View did a Super Bowl episode, and I guess they did a skit at the beginning, but I didn't even see it until today because I didn't watch it live. And they did a yeah. skit where they were all on a Zoom call, and they're supposed to be like pretending to be sports commentators. And Alyssa <laughs> just says, "Oh shoot, my nachos are on fire," and gets up and runs away. <laughs> And you had to be there, but <laughs> my new thing is saying, it's like my shoe is filling up with blood and I have to go. Yes. Anyways. So that. Re- and did, I, did anyone try the chicken? The chicken <laughs> I thought the chicken was lovely. So, <laughs> oh, shoot. My nachos are on fire. So that was an excerpt, obviously, from the U.S. Sun. Mm-hmm. But. They actually have been complaining about this for months, and this month complained about the the on-air disgusting and rude behavior more than once, (laughs) including on Super Bowl day. They wrote, Bad View. The View fans slam hosts for disgusting and rude behavior in front of live audience. The panelists walked out to their own individual meals on Friday's episode, arranged around the table. Each host wore their own Super Bowl-themed attire as they came out to the desk and took their seats. Joy Behar introduced the episode and explained what was going on. She announced, All hour long, Jeff Morrow, the chef, will be showing us how to prepare super easy Super Bowl sandwiches for your pregame tailgate party. Jeff was stationed to the side as the host started chowing down. He started with his spin on Philly cheesecakes with an homage to his Chicago home. Later, the panelists got to sample Jeff's chicken salad sandwiches. The show was full of moments where each host dined on a new sandwich as they sampled some of the fun potential Super Bowl dishes. But this didn't sit well with many of the viewers who tuned in. Fans took to... Can I guess? Wait, can I guess why it didn't sit well with them? You can have a guess. Is it because... They didn't offer food to the studio audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Specifically, wait, there's someone said something about juice boxes. Oh, okay. It <laughs> says fans took to social media to express their frustration at watching the host chow down. One wrote, It is so rude how the co-hosts eat in front of the audience, and all the audience usually gets are some stale snacks and juice boxes. You can afford to feed the audience. Another commented, I hate to watch these people eat. I'm going to go get myself some food, watch this on demand (laughs) if I remember to. Really boring, uninspiring, and a waste of my time. I hope there's no starving people watching this show. God. One viewer agreed. Disgusting, they wrote. One would think privileged people could eat elsewhere instead of in front of the camera. There are so many in America needing food. Guess they won't have TVs either. I just like, I really, really want to know. I'm not even asking this rhetorically. I, if someone out there knows the answer, tell me. I want to know, have these people never seen... A TV show or a movie before. 
And what is their regular reaction when they're watching a TV show or a movie and someone on screen is eating? (laughs) They're outraged because people are starving. That's why I loved watching The Hills, because they never ate. They just sat with their salads. (laughs) That's what the that is the great thing about Sex in the City as well, <laughs> is that if you want to if you want to watch a TV show of people pushing food around a plate, there you go. <laughs> I think it's it will never g- hit their lips. I think it's funny that the view is not phased by this one bit. Like instead of reducing the eating segments month after, they're ramping it yeah. up. <laughs> they've only added more. I don't think they've ever done more eating segments ever before than ever since this bad press started. They're happening. now handing out Tootsie Rolls to all the hosts <laughs> and begging them to eat it on camera. They're filling the house, the host's mouths with peanut butter like Ed the horse. <laughs> Like Lassie. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually putting, moving the microphone closer and closer to their mouth so we can hear the chewing. But rest assured, the only one whose microphone will match their skin tone will be Alyssa's. (laughs) Everyone else will have a white or black microphone. Anyways, welcome to Deja the View. We have a couple of voice memos, and they're both uh, seem to be frequent flyers. So okay. here, here you go. This one is from Charlie. Hi, it's Charlie again. I just have like a follow-up question for whenever you guys do like another episode. So like as previously mentioned, Sunny is always getting hate in like the comment sections and everything, and obviously racism, right? But I feel like there's a psyop going on with Alyssa because anytime I go into a comment section for the view, at least on YouTube, it's always, I love Alyssa. Alyssa is such a good fit and And I'm not saying that can't be real people, but some of these people are really putting it on. It feels like a psyop. What are your guys' thoughts? It's, it is giving Cyclops. I'll say that. Have I not said since day one that Alyssa on the View is giving Cyclops? <laughs> it is true, though. If you look at any YouTube video, the very yes. first comment is always loving Alyssa. All the comments, you're, you, you're both so right. It's always loving Alyssa. And not only is it like loving Alyssa, but so many of the comments are like loving this mix of the panel finally a group of women who i can watch like finally love this group so it's like they're insinuating that Alyssa was like the missing piece and now it's perfect mm-hmm. which i can't really agree with but i think that some people must have hated megan so much that you could have put a potato mm-hmm. there and they pretty much did and people would praise that potato for not being a McCain potato. <laughs> from not being from the McCain factory. Yeah. It's definitely something to keep our our, our eye on. <laughs> I, I also just think, like, I don't know if some of the, like, viewers that are making these comments are, like, truly looking for a difference of opinion. I think maybe they Mm -hmm. actually just kind of want to hear their own views reflected back at them. And that's why someone, like, someone who is uh, as passionate as Megan, as opposed to an Alyssa, Mm -hmm. is so 
that's why they don't like that because they actually just want to hear someone a little bit more moderate and then they can like pat themselves on the back and say that they're enjoying having these tough discussions but really no one's saying anything controversial that is so right and it's like they want to be able to be like i love hearing all sides of of the story meanwhile it's like the side of the story is that like they're all just like laughing and getting along yeah because like i i always see comments that are just like i'm so like I mean, so in love with the way that Alyssa can debate and then get get back to <laughs> laughing or like, I, I don't always agree with her, but I mm-hmm. love her on the panel. But it's like, name something that she has said that like, the other women didn't already all agree with anyway. Like, it's pretty rare. Yeah. It's all really safe. Yeah. And like, I was the we were both saying like we don't even want a conservative on the panel at all we'd rather have someone like far left but if you are going to have a conservative there i then i want to hear the talking points from someone who actually like believes it i want to like hear hear like someone (laughs) say those things that make me angry that is kind of an interesting thing that's missing now. And I'll be honest, I don't hate that it's missing because I do kind of like just listening to them get along and I like hearing laughter again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, get, I get your point. Yeah, no, I was going to say as a challenge to myself, like <laughs> if I were to say like positive things about Alyssa, I think that she has like showcased a real self-deprecating sense of humor and like mm-hmm. opened up a lot in the personality department. And she like mm-hmm. seems like she's having a lot of fun every day. And she t- likes to talk about the stupid topics and like everyone seems to like yeah. he really well now. But it's just mm-hmm. the biggest problem is that like I don't think she comes across as like super passionate about her conservative views. And then that's fine but then at the same time then why did we spend a whole year looking for this conservative just to have them to quote elizabeth hasselback sit there and not be passionate (laughs) like you can get someone to sit there and not be passionate and they did as great Mm. as i think she has improved in all of the other aspects of being a host of a tv show it's like we already have a sarah and we already have an anna so like what's her now that all of the like trump the scarlet letter that she's been wearing, the scarlet T, now that that's kind of like no longer the focus and the hosts aren't attacking her for it anymore, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's her thing now? Yeah, I really, I have to say that she's really, really grown on me. I would say like, especially in the last couple of months, um, the whatever coaching that she was taking you, Abby. clearly worked. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to sign up for the same. Um, And yeah, I really do like her. But like, and it's like, I like the laughter. I like how they're all seemingly getting along, you know, and they can have those like fun, lighthearted moments. I like that her and Sarah kind of have like a fun little back and forth a lot of the time. But here's the thing that kind of freaks me out is that I am wary of someone who was who is a conservative who was in the like working for the Republican Party was working for Trump and now suddenly is so it's they're so easy easily shedding that part of their life and so easily kind of like blending into this like new side of things because the reason why it freaks me out is it gives me the Bilas um yeah. <laughs> 
gives me the sense of like someone who never really stands for anything. So to quote Katy Perry, the great to quote the great Catherine Hudson, um, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And uh, like I just feel like she's not st- like if she's not standing in her conservative and Republican Party views, it's because she so easily wants to be liked and blend in. But then what who's to say that the next gig that she gets will be on a Republican thing where then she'll go and like spew out all of this hateful stuff and pull a full Bila. So it's just like, I'm just wary of that. So I don't want to like, you know, blindly go into this and be like, I love her now because I'm still not, I'm still not okay with it. She's in a a weird position. And this is why it would have been better to not hire someone from the White House because Mm -hmm. her whole thing is that she's trying to like start this new identity of going from Trump ally to Trump critic, but she's also Mm -hmm. sitting in the conservative seat. So it's like she can only go, she can't be like defending Trump and criticizing him at the same time. So it's like a weird spot for her to be like, I'm the conservative voice at the table, but I also am like going to be Trump's big critic. Whereas like, remember, Meghan McCain would always be like, defending the trump voter which we like hated but it was like yeah it it was more she was more clear cut i guess yeah she was like i hate trump but i'm going to defend those people because she was aware that the people who vote for him are also the people who would vote for another republican who like and who would be her audience whereas it's like i don't know where Alyssa falls with all of that yeah i think she's like very smart and she's not She's just not, like, she hasn't developed, like, the caricature of Alyssa as as a conservative on The mm-hmm. View. She's, like, developed the TV host Alyssa, but she just hasn't developed the, like, what that specific seat that she's sitting in, if that makes any yeah. sense. <laughs> I was reading, I was, like, looking in the Official View Facebook group to, like, find some examples of the El- Alyssa Cyclops. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just so funny like you would actually think that she cured cancer oh someone named mary wrote Alyssa, kudos to you for putting your hair up today i know you put yourself out there when you said that you were self-conscious of your ears you and your stylist did a great job in two ways making yourself vulnerable and looking fabulous while doing it way to be for others who have flaws <laughs> I think making yourself vulnerable and doing fabulous while doing it is going to be the next having an LGBT plus family member and doing it gracefully. Thank you, Alyssa Fair Griffin, for being the representation of people who have flaws and look fabulous <laughs> while doing it. It's crazy because then like the rest of the comments are like, love Alyssa, she's so beautiful. And then there's like three comments after like on this one about her hair looking great. The next three comments are like racist comments about Sunny's hairstyles. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um I have I've pulled several. So like Cindy wrote, I just want to acknowledge that Alyssa is the best conservative panelist ever on The View. She is intelligent and able to present her views without getting too emotional and worked up. I appreciate her even though I don't always agree with her viewpoint. And isn't that what The View is all about? But again, like, what? 
like what, what has she ever said or her, that was what are her views yeah like what are her points that she's defending everyone in the comments below that just wrote i agree what an improvement over megan mccain <laughs> anyone would be an improvement over megan yep Alyssa is one of the best conservative representatives that they've ever had. She's such an asset to the show. I don't always agree with her, but then again, I don't always agree with the others. I just wish Sunny would show a little courtesy when Alyssa makes a statement instead of rolling her eyes. She is the most disappointing of all the panelists. And then someone commented on that and wrote, agreed. I think she might even be a little jealous. Oh my God. It's like, how is Alyssa putting her hair up in a ponytail and everyone's like oh my god queen slay like oh my god like you are all of us like oh what an icon and then like sunny is literally like a a lawyer (laughs) a journalist an author an author of fiction and nonfiction, and hosting the view and people are like, mm, you could stand to be a little more polite. A little less jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the last one. Someone named Barbara wrote, I'm a Democrat, but truly like Alyssa. Very professional, sense of humor, keeps her cool while I'm yelling at Sunny to stop interrupting her. So this is a woman who's saying she is a Democrat, but she agrees uh-huh. with Alyssa more than she agrees with Sunny. It's like maybe then people need to look at themselves and also look at what Alyssa's giving us and be like, well, is it because she's only saying things that I want to hear? And if, am I really that nice and of a person when I have an issue with someone standing up to Alyssa? Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe Alyssa's not really the conservative host. Like, maybe it's time to just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ...acknowledge that she's not, she's not coming across as all that conservative. And, like, why are they acting like Sunny is this, like, bully? Like, Alyssa's not, like, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. She's a grown-ass woman who literally worked for Donald Trump in the White House. Like, <laughs> are we talking about the same person? I'm pretty sure she can handle, like, Sunny questioning her about something. Yeah. I think with, like, the next presidential election and, like, Nikki Haley is saying that they're going to run – Alyssa mm-hmm. is a really big Nikki Haley fan, and the rest oh of the God. women despise Nikki Haley, and Nikki Haley despises The View. So yeah. I think that could be, like, the ticket to Alyssa, like, having a voice, bec- like, a view- a right. conservative viewpoint. Because if mm-hmm. she sits there and defends Nikki Haley every day, then that could be her thing. Like, with yeah. if we no longer have to, like only talk about trump and biden and there's like someone else in the mix then maybe that will like develop her views but right now it's like okay like let's just keep talking about the like dating and relationship topics i guess because yeah we don't really have like opposing views at the table very much yeah and it's like again to reiterate i don't hate that they're talking about those things no i like that everyone seems to be having more fun and is having a laugh and i like the side of Alyssa that we're seeing. I am just apprehensive to know if it is the genuine side or if it's like a curated side. If it's if it's a cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to know if it's real or a cyclops. That's it. I agree with you. I just think if we're going to have a conservative there, then like give me the talking points 
give me the things that are gonna get under my skin and make me angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. We have another voice note from someone. Hi, Dejo The View. Um, I hope you're well. Um, I wanted to ask if you had noticed what I had noticed, which is maybe, possibly, a slight thawing in relations between Alyssa Faramone and Anna Navarro. Um, it's like Anna's actually giving her eye contact now. And I think there's a f- episode a couple of weeks ago where they were talking about driving licenses. And Anna actually said, as Alyssa said, like actually referenced her mere existence. I don't know. Maybe this is the start of something new. Um, but I didn't know if you had also picked up on it as well. And the second half of, um, my, uh, question analysis is at the same time, have you also noticed a perhaps like uh, coldness like from Whoopi towards Sunny? Like, I know they've always had a bit of a complicated, I don't know, mother-daughter, mentor-mentee relationship, but there's been a couple of times recently where Whoopi's really sort of seemed to go for Sunny. Like, again, during the driving license chat, there was a moment where where they where Whoopi really went for her. And also I think when Raquel Welsh had died and Sunny made the comparison to Kim Kardashian and the audience turned and Whoopi was like actively encouraging them to turn on her. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there's something a little off key there. I love when Joe Alwyn calls in. Um I just want to say big fan. Um, I know that may shock some of you as a as a gayler, but you know, love him. Um, thank you so much for for that voice memo. Some really good points raised, and not to skip ahead, but in the in part two with the um, Kim Kardashian comment, I actually I thought that Alyssa had said that. So this is kind of like, oh. I'm a little bit gooped because now I'm like, in my mind, it made sense to me that Alyssa said that and then like Whoopi and everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, how could you say that? Like to hear that it was Sunny who made that comment is like, oh my God, that is a lot. No, yeah, it was Sunny. And it was really funny because Joy is like, oh, the audience is turning on you, they're turning. And then Whoopi goes, yeah, turn, which is crazy. (laughs) To just, like, actively encourage the audience to boo her. Like, like, more, like, it's not enough. You know, they don't make any sex symbols like that. I don't know any... uh, Well, Kim Kardashian is good. No. Kardashian, no. Yeah, turn. That, that's not even. You can't even put them in. The, I'm not even. Look, I'm going. I'm moving on. <laughs> but I know that I'm always defending Sunny now. But I don't think it was that crazy. Like, obviously, Kim Kardashian isn't mm-hmm. like a supermodel in that traditional way. But like, yeah. if you went into the street and asked people to like name a supermodel of this generation or sorry a sex symbol of this generation i think kim kardashian's name would come up yeah absolutely like i think that when people are thinking back and everything is nostalgic you know they're thinking of it differently but when you compare it to modern day the way that people feel felt about 
her being a sex symbol and the way that people were probably scandalized by some things back then aren't the same way that they're looking at it now. I was thinking today when I was doing my thinking before the episode (laughs) that like Kim Kardashian is kind of similar to Pamela Anderson more so Mm -hmm. because like sex tape and then like not being taken seriously, being the butt of a joke. And then also like, weird activism like how mm-hmm. like did you watch the pamela documentary or read the book because the, it was like it very briefly touches on like her like relationship with like julian assange and like the putin thing where yeah. i guess she like made some sort of yeah. deal to stop like the seal hunt but it it reminded me of like how kim kardashian was like kind of making deals with donald trump to like get people out yeah. of prison. I was about I was about to say they both have weird activism that involves them being low-key racist <laughs> in a way that people don't want to acknowledge. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I don't know. I've Whoopi's been doing this to Sunny for a long time. I don't I don't I choose to believe that they like each other and that there's mutual mm-hmm. respect, but that Whoopi just can't help herself but i do think sunny's invited to come over and swim in whoopi's pool just like sarah is that's the thing like part of me is wondering like you know when you get like really comfortable like when someone is your really close friend you're not concerned about telling them to like shut up or be like more harsh towards them the way that you wouldn't be like that with someone who you're like more just like a work acquaintance with so like i don't know maybe it's that or maybe the Cyclops got to Whoopi, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to the first point right. about Anna and Alyssa, yeah, I, I, I've been sensing it, too. So, and I don't know if it's like, it's almost the way that they're all just getting along and being so friendly and laughing and and throwing their heads back and having a great time lately. It almost feels like there was like, a, a meeting, an intervention where they were like, "Girls, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a TV. We've got a TV show to make. This is a okay? comedy show. Grow up, <laughs> grow up." <laughs> I, I was reading Reddit. You know, oh, bef- wow. before the episode, <laughs> after my thinking time, heard of it. Uh-huh. Then it was my reading. Yeah. I was reading the View subreddit, which I don't normally do. <laughs> uh huh. Um and. And um, there was someone who's been, like, tracking every time Anna acknowledges Alyssa. <laughs> so there was, like, one day and they were like, progress. Today, Anna looked at Alyssa. And then, like, a few days oh later, they were like, even more progress. Today, she acknowledged Alyssa verbally. <laughs> and, oh, my God. And it was in this driver's license topic because they were talking about how Gen Z are, like, uh, I guess not getting their license as early as other generations. And okay. Alyssa was saying how... This is act. This was Alyssa Queen moment because she was saying that she once lost her wallet or her wallet got stolen, uh-huh. and she went to get her driver's license replaced. And they were like, "Well, you're gonna have to retake the test." And she was just like, "No, not for me. I just won't drive." <laughs> and so she still doesn't have a driver's license because she just was no. like, "No, I'm not gonna do that." And um, she said, "Entering my passenger princess era." <laughs> yes. And then Anna said, "Well." Anna was like um, building off of what Alyssa said. She was like, "Yeah, like if I had to 
parallel park now, I would fail. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't blame you or something like that. Right. And it was like, oh, so you do know that Alyssa is over there. And I can't drive a car. When when Alyssa just said about having to retake the driving test, Mm -hmm. girl, if I had to parallel park again, I'd be, I'd I'd have to take that test 45 times in order to get it. I can't believe, I can't believe driving was the the common ground that they were able to find. (laughs) Yeah. I think what happened is the day that um, Alyssa said that she couldn't get a word out without Anna attacking her, I think that Anna probably realized that it's going to be framed as Alyssa the victim if she keeps doing that and probably decided to back off. And I also think it's been how many months now since the season started, plus last season? Mm -hmm. Like, how many times can they call out how bizarre it is that she was working for Trump. Like at a certain point, you're just gonna like, how many times can you just repeat yourself? So uh, you just grow used Mm -hmm. to someone like it's happening with us. We're like, we're getting used to her. So I think it's just starting to, and this is what we thought would happen. Like once the Trump stuff fizzles out, it's like, okay, (laughs) this is what's left. Yeah. And like Anna probably saw, what Sunny is being put through in every YouTube and Facebook comment about how she's allegedly bullying Alyssa and was like, that's not going to be me. Yeah. Well, it's driving her to go on partying binges in South Beach. I (laughs) I don't know if you've been following Anna Navarro on Instagram. I follow her very closely because I consider us to be very close friends on instagram uh-huh. you you in you are in her close friends circle <laughs> but she she's been partying a lot and she oh she God. posted a video about how she's been like on a five-day bender and um <laughs> and that like after the after this five days because where was she um I think she was in south beach yeah she was at the wine and food festival in south beach she she was like, after this week, I'm not partying anymore. This is the face of a 51-year-old woman who has been partying since Wednesday night. Goodness gracious. There's 80, 91 events so far. Cha-cha! Espérame! There's 91 events so far for the South Beach Wine and Food Festival, and I swear to God, I think I've been at 80 of them. But today... It's some of my favorite events. Today is the drag brunch. And since Ron DeSantis is against drag brunches, there ain't a drag brunch I plan to miss. Today's is hosted by Athena Dion, who I adore. So I gotta go get myself put together, because, you know, you don't show up at a drag brunch wearing just any old thing. But the U.S. Sun follows her very closely as well, and I was, like, dying of (laughs) laughter because they wrote this headline, like, making her out to be, like, the, like... The, the 2007 like Lindsay Lohan of today like they're like party oh my god party Navarro stops <laughs> the views Anna Navarro admits she's been partying for five days in shocking video as concerned fans beg the star to rest no <laughs> it's like so Anna posted on Instagram this video and the caption said sweet Jesus I'm running on fumes one more day to go and then I'm taking a sabbatical from partying I love the thought of like her posting this and then then, as per the US Sun just 
her comments being flooded of people being like, Anna, please, we're begging you, stop partying. Anna, please, stop popping your pussy. Anna, please, stop mothering. <laughs> I know. And, like, they never attribute the quotes to, like, a handle or anything. So, the, like, they're just made up. It says, hey, Anna, take care of yourself first. We need you. We don't want you to burn out. Please take some time out and sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> please rest up, Anna. Take a deep breath, hydrate, and you'll be set. <laughs> I live. (laughs) So I don't have a lot of view updates, but I did want to discuss the recent appearance by Liam Neeson on The View. Uh Uh-huh. So I never made the connection that I guess they talk about Liam Neeson a lot on the show. And so he came on to promote something that I didn't bother to commit to memory And um, while he was there in the interview, they all started talking about how Joy has had this like years long crush on him. And they took it so far that they even put together a video package that was like all of the times that Joy has mentioned being horny for Liam Neeson and then played it Mm -hmm. for him. I just want to say like watching this interview and I think anyone who has watched it would agree. And I think that anyone who hasn't watched it, this is the this will get you a, a sense of what the vibe was. You know that tweet that's like went to my friend's <laughs> Halloween party dressed as the Babadook, <laughs> and it was more of an adults drinking wine party. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the vibes were completely misread, and Liam Neeson was there to do like inside the actors studio. And they were there to do, like, you know when Ellen would interview people and, like, it would be, like, smash or pass, basically. She'd, like, make them play that game, you know? Yeah. She'd, like, make celebrities pick, like, smash or pass. Like, they were doing that, and he was doing the most serious interview he's ever done in his life. And it was so... A lot to watch. (laughs) It ended up making headlines because he then went and did an interview with Rolling Stone. And Uh for some reason, the interviewer asked him about his appearance on The View and said that it seemed totally chaotic. And he responded Mm -hmm. with this. He said, I was in the dressing room drinking a cup of tea, turned the TV (laughs) up, and I thought, oh, this will be great. They're talking about gun violence in America, and I agree that it's an American problem. I go on stage and join the ladies during the break, and I was congratulating them on this discussion. And then our segment starts, and it's all this BS with Joy and Liam Neeson having a crush. I've known Whoopi for years and Joy a little bit, but I just wasn't impressed. I'm uncomfortable in those situations, you know? One of the ladies, Sunny Austin, is a prosecutor, and we had a little chat afterwards, and it was good, intelligent conversation, but then the segment's all about this, oof, 13, 14-year-old crush, and it's just embarrassing. It was really bad, and you knew, everyone in their room knew it was bad when they were, like, asking him, so, like, when you go... I think it was Anna's question. She's like, you, you know, live in New York, but you still film a lot in Ireland. When you go back to Ireland, like, how do people treat you there? And he said, after just being asked all of these, like, really fluff questions, he's like, 
while everyone there knows not to ask me things like, what was it like working with Cher? What was it like working with this person? <laughs> like, they know not to ask me those types of questions. And they know to just like, let me be and leave me alone. And that was when it was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we misread, we misread this. After Alyssa had just said, Joy wants to be taken by you. <laughs> it was so, I felt really bad for them. I felt really, really bad for them because I did feel like they were a little bit set up. And obviously, Obviously, someone thought it was a good idea and somebody thought that he would be fine and go along with this, whether it's like his representatives or what. No one was like, hey, he only wants to talk about gun violence and his professional theater background. I don't know what to think because on one hand, I'm like, lighten up. like. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, I'm like, is Liam Neeson really famous for like, being a lighthearted goof and like <laughs> did anyone think to like ask huh. him if it was okay if they rolled this montage mm -hmm. before the interview of joy being horny for him yeah but like i just looked up his age he's 70 years old i don't know maybe like be a little grateful that so many people are thirsting over you at that yeah age. like i think that uh I think that's exactly like a reason why they probably did it. They probably thought it'd be like funny to do this thing of like, oh my God, isn't it funny that like you're a big heartthrob to like these people? And instead he was like, no, you know what is not funny? When I was in Of Mice and Men. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was very uncomfortable. And I did feel bad for them because I, they were trying and he was, he just wanted to talk about how he's a professional actor. And the other thing, like, yeah, I do feel a little bit lightened up because if you look at his body of work, yeah, he does, like, mostly serious movies. But, like, some of his serious movies border on camp. So it's like, like are what? you so above talking? Like, even the Taken movies, like, they've become, like, a pop culture, like, camp reference. Yeah. So it's like... Even though, yeah, the subject matter is extremely serious, like, you know, the Taken franchise is referenced in pop culture as, like, a thing. So it's, like, he has to be aware of that, right? Like, he has to be aware of, like, his impact on pop culture. Yeah. That when people think of him, they're not thinking of, like, that actor who starred in Of, of Mice and Men in 1976. Like, no. <laughs> At least. I like Liam Neeson, but I will defend these ladies because i do f i feel like they were set up at least he felt like he had an intelligent conversation with one of the women sunny so <laughs> she may not the Alyssa cyclops might come for her but at least liam neeson is a fan <laughs> oh okay this is okay this came out at the end of january like right when we recorded our last episode so we couldn't talk about it but then i posted it on social media because i needed people to see it right away mm -hmm. so we have been following the amy robach tj holmes drama and we were talking about how they're not coming back to mm -hmm. the gma3 show well an article came out on radar online that claims that ambitious Joy Behar is eyeing Amy Robach's GMA job as ABC is scrambling to find a replacement after TJ Holmes' affair scandal. 
So according to Radar Online, the ambitious and cutthroat Joy Behar is wasting no time going after shamed Amy Robach's vacated chair on Good Morning America. It says Joy is already making phone calls to producers and telling them that they would be crazy not to hire her to be the new face of the program. It's quoting a source, which we ha- we never get to hear from sources anymore. It used to be uh-huh. sources left and right, and then ever since Megan McCain left, there's no more sources at the View. The source had had dried the up. The sorceress has been defeated. <laughs> so it says Joy still thinks she's the cat's meow and sharper than any of the other ladies <laughs> on the View or GMA for that matter. Oh my god! It says um, Joy wants. Joy wants to be in a real news setting and is making pitches to powers that be over at GMA, confided the tipster. It's no secret they're cleaning house and they're on the lookout for talent. But people are on to Joy and think that that's why she's bad-mouthing Amy behind the scenes. Joy sees nothing wrong with it. If Amy and TJ had learned to control their impulses, they'd still have their jobs. Joy, on the other hand, is all business, and she thinks she'd bring respectability back to the program. She always thought it was a good darn show before Amy and TJ tarnished it. (laughs) So I'm not even sure that Joy knows who Amy Robach is, but I love the idea that she's trying to ruin her. What the hell? There's a website called Mia that (laughs) covered this. What does Mia say? Mia says <laughs> Mia says that Joy Behar is moving quickly to take over Good Morning America's vacant chair after the latter's bombshell scandal. The view host could be putting her hat in the ring to take over the news desk after TJ Holmes and Robot cut their ties with ABC. Joy is already making phone calls to producers. <laughs> this is the source. It's the same source. Mm. I just have a really hard time believing. That Joy Behar, the same Joy Behar who we see on The View every day, wants to be in a real news setting and is making pitches to the powers that be at GMA. (laughs) It's been her dream ever since she went into stand-up comedy to be a serious newswoman. (laughs) (laughs) And now, in her 80s, she's finally making those money moves. The source says people are on to Joy and think that's why she's bad-mouthing Amy behind the scenes. Like what you said, I don't even... I just hit the microphone in anger. I don't even believe that Joy fully knows. I bet Joy and Amy would walk by each other in the hallway. And she would say, oh, hi, Sarah. (laughs) Exactly. Joyce says nothing wrong with it. If Amy and TJ had learned to control their impulses, they'd still have their jobs. Well, Joy and Barbara couldn't control their impulses and they didn't lose their jobs. So why would she suddenly be taking this harsh of a turn? I know. Actually, that's like all I could think was how many co-hosts has Joy kissed on the lips? And she's like, let me bring some respectability back to this show. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, roll the clip about how much I have a crush on Liam Neeson and <laughs> and then cut to me explaining if only people could control control their impulses, we'd have a real news show. <laughs> Finally a respectable news program. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to some hot topics. 
What hot topics are you doing? So the past month on The View, we had Valentine's Day. We had the Super Bowl. We had my nachos are on fire. (laughs) I have to go. We had a Star Trek reunion. They had the cast of Picard, which was the cast of The Next Generation come. They did an interview with them with Whoopi dressed as Guinan, which was cute. Mm -hmm. They had Bernie Sanders on. Here's what I would like to discuss. Well, they also had Sarah's sexy dance that they were trying to make a thing. We will get to that. (laughs) Great. There were a couple of hot topics that I noticed got the attention of Fox News more than usual, Uh or at least it came across my feed. They were talking about the State of the Union speech by Biden earlier this month and how certain Mm -hmm. Republicans were like standing up and heckling him during it. In particular, Marjorie Taylor Greene stood up and yelled liar at Biden during (laughs) the speech. You could like see the spittle coming off of her (laughs) lips as she said it. And so they were having a discussion about like the level, the level of decorum. Right. What I thought was funny, and this is what upset Fox News, is mm-hmm. Alyssa Pheromone Griffin was live <laughs> tweeting the State of the Union um, speech. And mm-hmm. she tweeted at Brian Tedda, which she likes to do from time to time. She said, early pitch to at Brian Tedda to let us recap the State of the Union fashion on The View tomorrow. Oh, my God. And whatever Alyssa wants, Alyssa gets. Yeah. So Brian replied, noted. Um, And so they open this topic by talking, Alyssa saying, I want to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene's weird fur coat that she was wearing because she was dressed in like an all-white dress with like fur shoulders yeah it was giving frozen (laughs) (laughs) we can just say it (laughs) it was giving actually you said you mentioned pheromone it was kind of giving something that like pheromone would wear (laughs) but like a really déclassé version like a knockoff like ordered online from a knockoff website version. Yeah. I was distracted by Marjorie Taylor Greene's jacket. Oh my god. It looked what like she it looked like she skinned my puppy. Yeah. Like I was like I was very <laughs> Alyssa, I was Yeah, there's Herbie not being pleased by this look. Oh. <laughs> and also Sarah chimed in at one point to talk about someone else's fashion. I forget who and called them said that they were wearing like a prom dress. It was like a bridesmaid's dress. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like a little Cruella Deville. Wait, like Alyssa, little- I will take your MTG and raise you a Kirsten Cinema because there was a tweet online that said, "Oh, we're going to wear that bridesmaids dress again." Yeah. <laughs> but this like upset the Fox News people because they were saying like, "How could the View be talking about decorum and then be attacking mm-hmm. these women for their fashion?" Well, because. What Alyssa said about her outfit was that she said, quote, it looked like she skinned my puppy. And then they showed a picture of <laughs> Alyssa's puppy, which might to might some might consider that overkill. But they showed a picture of the puppy so you could actually visualize what that looks like. Yeah. And this upset Sean Hannity. And he had on Marjorie Taylor Greene on his show to respond And Mm -hmm. he kept, like, repeatedly, sarcastically calling The View co-host fashion icons. But I was kind of like, (laughs) 
<laughs> they are though. Like, are they not? Because I think they kind of are fashion icons. Like, has he been not seeing the same show that he didn't see the cherry sweater? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Marjorie was there to respond, and she was like, actually, it was not a fur coat, it was wool. So, and I wore it because it went best with my dress. Do you have any reaction to the the fashion experts, the uh, fashion icons on The View? Well, you know, I have to say, Sean, you know, occasionally I get yelled at by old white women and I always know that they're, they watch The View because those are some nasty women on that show and they have no right to, to insult anyone's fashion. I was wearing a wool coat actually and it's one of my favorite coats because I got it in Wyoming when I was campaigning against and raising money to beat Liz Cheney. And I was happy to wear it to the State of the Union last night because it simply went with my dress. So, you know, I'll challenge the women on The View anytime for a debate because they represent the worst part of America, the worst views. And, and to be honest with you, no one in my district cares what they think. She was like, maybe if you all weren't so pavo, you would know what wool looks like. <laughs> it was very chilly in the chamber. And I decided to wear a wool coat and leave it on. <laughs> In all fairness, she did look insane. I just wanted to say, I loved <laughs> this side of Alyssa because uh-huh. this is a person who, remember remember poultry, this is a person I- who is <laughs> finally just talking how you would naturally talk with your friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't a canned <laughs> speech. It was just her being bitchy. If anything, that coat was giving poultry. <laughs> It was Alyssa just being bitchy with her gal pals at The View, and that Mm. felt like the most authentic I've ever seen her, because Mm -hmm. she has this whole, like, goody-two-shoes thing going on, like, oh, I accidentally joined the Trump administration, and now I've evolved. But, like, Mm -hmm. the reality is there's no way that you were, like, working with Trump, and you don't have, like, a little bit of an edge to you, like... There's no way that you're, like, that nice. So, like, I love her just, like, letting loose and being a total bitch. (laughs) And also, like, this topic would have been so dry if they were literally just talking about what happened. Because you know what? At the end of the day, like, who cares? It's kind of funny to me for someone to yell out, liar, like, really passionately. (laughs) Really passionately during the State of the Union address. And also, like... I don't know, in Canada, the House of Commons is so insane. And maybe this is like really wild to hear for Americans because Canadians have this like stereotype of being so polite. But the House of Commons in Canada is actually insane. Like they are constantly screaming and calling each other names and like going below the belt. And it's just ugly. So it wasn't that shocking to me that she was like, liar. So I was like, thank God they're not just like outright is it okay for someone to yell out liar? <laughs> While wearing a wool like, coat. I'm, I was relieved that they were like, but can we talk about that piece of shit that was on her back? <laughs> <laughs> so the other topic that got conservatives and Fox News riled up was talking about the aftermath of the train derailment in Ohio that mm-hmm. has caused like the horrible environmental and safety impacts for the people living Mm -hmm. there. And they were discussing the degree to which it had become politicized at the expense of residents' health. And so 
for example, Trump has been like blaming the White House for the way that this has been handled. And then the Biden administration has been hitting back saying that it was actually Trump's safety rollbacks that caused this. Mm -hmm. And then people were criticizing Pete Buttigieg for waiting 20 days to go visit there where Trump was there right away. Um, handing yeah. McDonald's. And <laughs> so Sonny did the most talking on this and was talking about the health impacts and talking about that criticism of Buttigieg not going there right uh -huh. away. She brings up how, uh, how like the Obama and Clinton administrations could have been better about this, these regulations as well. But like, it was Trump who is like the most responsible. Who got rid of it, yeah. And Joy like hones in on the Trump thing and starts talking about, because there's this video of Trump going there and he like is visiting a McDonald's. He's literally at the McDonald's and he ha he says something that actually shook me to my core because it was the first time that I had ever related in any way at all to him because he goes up to the counter. He's like, hey, like, what a great group of people you've got working here. And then he says to them, I know this menu better than any of you. And I was like, that's me. It's so funny because the staff are all standing there like, waiting for him and he's like i know this menu better than any of you and like the yeah. girls are like e like i'm sure you do <laughs> they're like yeah bet you do sir <laughs> what's your specialty today how are you today nice, nice to meet you. you hello everybody that's hello. a nice beautiful looking group of people so i know this menu better than you do okay i probably know it better than anybody in here it's actually so funny, and I feel like I've done a really good job of tuning out, like, any footage of Trump in so long, uh -huh. but, like, watching this, I was just like, I can't believe this is the world we live in. Like, I live in such a bubble that, like, I'm watching this, and it feels like this can't be real. Like, he can't be going into the McDonald's to buy cheeseburgers for the first responders, and everyone is like, <laughs> my hero. I know, and he's handing out MAGA hats, and everyone's like flirting with him, like and men, women, everyone. It's it's just is like wild, and it's so weird because like I also hadn't heard anything about him in a really long time, and then the first thing he's doing is like a pop up meet and greet at McDonald's, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? There's there's a video of him in the McDonald's handing out the MAGA hats, and there's like a little boy, and they're like, oh, he's one of your biggest fans, and then uh -huh. he's like here, why don't you have one of these hats and hands him a mega hat? And he was like, it's a lot more expensive than your hat. Yeah, because he's already wearing a Trump hat and he's like, well, take this hat because I like that hat, but I like the mega hat better. And he puts it on him. He's like, this one's way more expensive than that one, isn't it? Yeah, it's about three times the price of that one. So like, okay, may I have my Big Mac now? <laughs> so crazy i just like it would so be my luck to be like <laughs> at that mcdonald's <laughs> at that mcdonald's on my lunch break like <laughs> just trying to get a mcflurry and a snack wrap <laughs> being like stuck behind this trump convoy <laughs> like that would actually happen to me <laughs> They're like, sorry, the ice cream machine is broken. We're all out. <laughs> Trump bought all the McFlurries. Sorry, he knows the better than you better than any of us. <laughs> so they're like, Joy's like talking about this and criticizing him for this, and also for like 
he brought them water because the water is not yeah. clean there. And mm-hmm. she was saying it was like a product placement for his water brand. Right. She compared it to like when he was tossing out paper towels. Like it was all a big photo op. Yeah. And Sarah is like actually disagreeing. She's like, I don't care who's bringing the water as long as someone's bringing the water. Yeah. And then Joy kind of goes on this speech about how the people who live there, she doesn't understand why they would ever vote for Trump in the first place because he mm-hmm. placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA safety office and then says, that's who you voted for in that district, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Basically saying like elections have consequences. People I don't know why they would ever vote for him because for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety. He yeah, did. In those days. And that set up the Twitter on fire. People did not like to hear that. And I think the way that you explained it is really accurate is to say, like, here is, you know, the f- facing the reality that elections have consequences, whereas, like, everyone else took it like she was directly, like, victim blaming of, like, well, this is, like, you asked for this. And it's like, well, let's back it up because there is a difference between, you know, the consequence of who you're voting for and asking for it and no no one was asking for this to happen and she wasn't saying that i don't think that she was saying that i think part of what went wrong is that she was misquoted in a lot of the Mm -hmm. like right wing um whatever articles about it like there was a newsbusters Mm -hmm. one that came out and the headline said joy behar ohio got what they deserved And then there was a Mediate article that said that I saw like a lot of people sharing that said the view audience loudly gasps when Joy Behar suggests Trump voting East Palestine, Palestine got what was coming. That's who you voted Mm -hmm. for. But like it was literally saying it was trying to say that she said you deserved it, which is different than what she actually said. Exactly. One person that chimed in was meteorologist and Deja the View follower Janice Dean she (laughs) she was pissed she said this person has long overstayed her welcome Joy Behar you are a disgrace and so is the view for allowing you to stay in that chair and also Janice's dear friend Megan McCain quote tweeted the media eight media media eight media I've never actually tried to say this word out loud why is why is seven why is six afraid from seven because the media ate nine (laughs) and left no crumbs megan mccain Uh. wrote the people of east palestine are currently in fear that they and their children will be getting cancer or worse from the derailment toxins in their land and water this is just an evil thing to say i would say i can't fathom this level of cruelty and elitism but sadly i can It's really crazy to me that the same people on the right who are all saying that, like, Joy Behar and the left are politicizing all, you know, the whole thing. How how did they not see that they're doing exactly the same thing? (laughs) Like, they're doing exactly the same thing, but with, but with the, um, left politicians and with the left public figures. 
everyone, everyone on both sides is merely looking for another person to blame and to not be responsible for it because it's a horrible thing that happened. It's a complete like tragedy, but it, and not only is it a tragedy, it's something that could have been prevented. It's like human failure and it sucks. And it's very much like, this is a huge thing that's going to impact these communities for decades. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to take that responsibility on. So everyone is blaming the other party and the other person. And it's like, well, Megan, you're literally doing the same thing as what people on the left are doing. Yeah, it's... How is it any different? It's really, like, dark-sided the way that that works, where, like, everyone just chooses a side, and it's like... it. Like, I sent you a Fox... Uh, news video. I don't know what show mm-hmm. it was, but there was a host there who was like getting really worked up and saying like how despicable Joy Behar is. And then yeah. she was like, even if Trump was the one who rolled back these regulations, why didn't Joe Biden on his first day in office do executive orders to roll them back? It's like, yeah, what exactly. Are you <laughs> You're just like, exactly. Jumping through They're hoops literally to- just looking, yeah, looking for someone else to blame. And the sad thing and the thing that really sucks about all of that is that like while everyone is just looking for someone else to blame, the people who are dealing with the direct impact of this happening aren't getting the help that they need because everyone's too fucking busy pointing fingers. Yeah. And no one's actually trying to help. It's like no one wants to actually help. They just don't want the responsibility of it. It's really not giving. <laughs> and, I, and I mean that in every sense of the word. It's not a very giving attitude. No. There was something that Sarah said that stuck with me. And she said, he showed up at that McDonald's in a way that probably resonated with those voters and was what they needed. That's kind of how I think that everyone at the Bathurst and Dundas McDonald's feels when I (laughs) show up. (laughs) One thing on a slightly more lighthearted note, because I did get like a little Siri. I got a little Siri there for a minute. Um, But on a more lighthearted note, in the Fox News clip, they were going in this whole thing about how they hate Pete Buttigieg. And like, yeah, I'm not going to say that Pete Buttigieg is good at his job. I, You know, like, it, it is what it is. <laughs> we're all aware of what's going on there. Um, but they had this whole montage of, like, why he sucks so bad. And, like, this, the whole, like, headline of it was, like, Pete... Buttigieg is not good with trains. And they were like, ha, 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 like, because he's not good with (laughs) trains of thought or with trains, like, the, you know, the transportation. And I was like, you know, no one gay is working at, not even an ally, no gays and no allies or people with family members who are gay and doing it gracefully work on that show because someone would have been like, well, I heard he's good at one train. Just ask the guys at the, you know, like McDonald's. someone would have made a joke. Just ask the guys at the, at the back of the McDonald's. Someone would have made a joke, and but it just completely threw it. It threw. I've got fries on the. It flew over their heads, and they just had no clue. I knew where that was. It's going. the little things. It's the little things that. Yeah. That get you by. Make it all worthwhile. Look for the helpers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, moving on to some other things that they discussed this month. They talked about posting a thirst trap after a breakup because they were referencing Tom Brady and Tony Collette, 
because they each split from their spouses after long marriages and are being accused of posting thirst traps because Tom Brady posted an underwear photo and Tony posted uh, one in the tub. (laughs) I, okay, I'm going to say like a cliche millennial phrase, but I was today years old when I realized that Tom Brady looked like that. I don't think I had ever seen the man. And in my mind, I pictured him as like this big, beefy guy. Okay, well, it's really interesting that you say that. Because up until like a year ago, he was this big, beefy guy. And then like something happened. And it's like, I don't, I don't. (laughs) He got the the bucal fat. (laughs) I don't know if it's like the chicken and the egg. I don't know what came first. Like him looking like this and uh, that and something going on in his life that, you know, was going off and that's why him and Giselle broke up or as a result of his divorce he ended up looking like this I don't know like what happened first but you're right in thinking that because like not so long ago he was like really buff and looked exactly what you would think like the quarterback would look like this is not that yeah like he's obviously very muscular but he's lean and I did not know that he was such a lean cuisine I (laughs) I just didn't know. And I just don't think I ever, I think I really went my whole life without ever seeing an image of that man. Giselle's husband. He looks really, really, Giselle, Mr. Giselle, former, the the artist formerly known as Mr. Giselle, (laughs) he looks really, really different now. And I saw like so many people when he posted that picture being like, it's the most divorced a man has ever looked. I would say, and maybe I'm biased here. I just don't. I don't like him. I don't like him. He's he is a Trump supporter, and he's giving all of that nastiness. And I think that was a big reason that there were rumors that that was a big reason why his divorce happened. Um, I don't know if we can say that like his picture, which was like kind of sad looking, is like the same as Tony Collette posting like an artsy bathtub photo. Yeah, that's true. They are different. I don't know if I would say hers is thirst trappy. It's yeah, but it was something, and they both were recently <laughs> divorced or break broke up or whatever. Yeah. The thing that I like need to get out of the way in this topic is the fact that as Whoopi is saying, like, is this a thing? Like, did people really break up and then post a thirst trap to like get the person's attention? Sarah is like. Yeah, like, she's like, I need to be first on this one. She's like, her and Alyssa are actually fighting to be first on this one. And Sarah says, I usually just post them for everyone. And Alyssa's like, yeah, I'm a thirst trapper. But do you take the picture so that there's an intended person to be thirsty over you? Yes. As as I, a I usually trapper. just post them, which I don't want, <laughs> for everyone. For yeah. It's like desperation. Like, I'll take it, whoever <laughs> you are. Where has Sarah ever posted a thirst trap? Right? I know her Instagram feed, and it's quotes on Canva <laughs> templates. <laughs> Does she have a secret... Instagram, like, is there a Finsta out there that's just like full photos of her shoulders and arms? It 
It's weird. So like that's how she starts out by being like, yeah, I yeah. post my thirst traps for everyone. Well, then Alyssa gets in there and she's like, I'm I'm a thirst trapper. I did this and it totally worked. My boyfriend dumped me and then I posted a sexy beachside photo and immediately got him back. Again, yeah. I cannot find I scrolled through her whole feed. I'm like, "Well, where is the sexy beach photo?" There's like Well, I I think it got deleted as soon as mission accomplished. <laughs> like it was, you know, it was for one set of eyes only. And as soon as that person acknowledged the photo, off it went. I can find there's one photo of her silhouette far away <laughs> paddleboarding. <laughs> Not sure. Maybe it was deleted after the mission was accomplished. Maybe we just like have a different idea of like what it takes to be a thirst trap than them mm. because and i say this because i felt the same way as you and i was like this is very much like a, a sense of humor that i know exists but isn't really like working on me <laughs> but the youtube comments were literally like people were like raffle copter over this like people could not handle and they thought that this was the funniest thing ever to the point that someone commented sarah needs to host snl at this point she is such a goofball another person said it's easy to like sarah not only is she funny but to be honest she comes across like the most insightful and inspiring person on the panel like this is again to remind you this is on the topic of thirst traps someone said this is like we're getting full we're getting full cyclops for sarah on this post someone said sarah has it all beauty brain and fun lol love her another person said you gotta love sarah she's always down to entertain and i love her relationship with Whoopi. heart emoji sometimes i think sarah is like so exhausted from having so many young toddlers that she's coming to yeah. work on like six red bulls and yeah. nine rupaul coffee enemas and <laughs> that's why this dance happened because remember sarah said i post my thirst traps for everyone and then moments later Whoopi is like well i guess everyone just shows what they got and then sarah goes nah -uh, we save that beauty and does this dance <laughs> i mean everybody seems to do it everybody shows what they got not everyone i don't I don't. Not me. No? No. Uh -uh. no, 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 no. We save that beauty <laughs> for myself. <laughs> it does feel a little... Did she do this? Yeah. <laughs> because... That's my know. sexy dance, Whoopi. So which yeah. is it? Are you posting thirst traps or are you saving the beauty? I'm confused. <laughs> Someone on the on what you said about the <laughs> six Red Bulls and coffee enemas, someone commented, Sarah definitely had her edibles this episode. We love to see it. <laughs> like I'm I'm living for it. Like go be zany girl. Like <laughs> you go goofball. Yeah. <laughs> but this dance, like they tried so hard to make this a thing that at the end of the mm -hmm. show, they played it back in slow motion. And yeah. then Days later, when she appeared on the Sherry Shepard show, she did the dance again with Sherry yeah. without any explanation of why they were doing it. Sherry was just like, I know you did this dance that 
none of the co-hosts liked. Can we do it? And then they got up and did it. Yeah. It did feel listen, I I'm I'm coming off cynical. Maybe they just wanted to have a good time and do a dance and be silly and be a goofball. But it did come off like a little bit fabricated, like they were trying to make it a thing. And I was thinking like, remember when, obviously you remember, when Sarah and Kiki Palmer and Piper Parabo danced on the bar at GMA3? And that was like, that was just a great moment. Like everyone was just like genuinely like, fuck yeah, let's do it. It's Coyote Ugly. We were all so happy that day. Exactly. And then this was like, you know what? Lightning doesn't, what is this? <laughs> you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah, what is it? Sure. <laughs> you know. Though I think that's it. <laughs> you know, lightning doesn't strike twice. twice in a bottle with fireflies, something like no. that. <laughs> lightning in a bottle is like when you have something really good. But okay. I think... Lightning it's doesn't co- combining- strike twice is different. Yeah, and like, and I feel like this is a combination of both of those sentiments because they had lightning in a bottle and now they're trying to get it again and it's not really happening. And I like, I liked it. It was funny. Joy was like, haha, you're like Elaine from Seinfeld. Like, it was cute. <laughs> Period. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what we learned about thirst traps. <laughs> It is a thing, though. Like, it's not, there's no discussion to be had. Like, it is a thing. People have a breakup, and then they post a thirst trap. Yeah. So, sometimes it works. If you're Alyssa, it works. Period. Moving on. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really common thing and a normal thing to do. And I think it just got, like, a little bit derailed because not everyone understood what thirst trap was. And then secondly, the people who did understand what a thirst trap, they weren't really giving thirst trap in their thirst traps. Like, if I post a nice photo of myself where I think I look good, it's not inherently a thirst trap. No, there's a very specific type of photo that is thirst trap. Yeah. That I'm not sure the ladies are ready to know about. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, they also discussed this... TikTok trend of the stay-at-home girlfriend. Mm -hmm. There's like a phenomenon of young white women in their 20s um, posting like a day in the life of me as a stay-at-home girlfriend. And it's like video of them doing like mundane, boring things or like working on their beauty routine like while their rich boyfriend is at work. Yeah. It's interesting though because... I tried to like do a bit of research about this and it seems like the all of the discourse about this happened last fall. So yes. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what made it like pop up in now. Yeah. But it is a very strange phenomenon like but I think also most maybe half at least of them are parody. Like it's not even Yeah. real. I actually think that when this happened last fall, it was like the main video that started the trend of people like posting things like this was fake. Like it was a it wasn't parody over the top, but then when people were really mad about it in the comments, the person had to be like, I was just joking, like I also work from home. So it's really interesting and really cool that <laughs> five months later. 
They're like, guys, we have to talk about this. <laughs> I saw some articles that were like referencing the videos and then some of them were clearly parody, but then the art the person writing the article didn't really know that it was parody. Uh-huh. Um, but on the view, they discussed it as in as a way to be like, you know, is that a good idea to be like unmarried and be a stay-at-home girlfriend and not be financially mm-hmm. independent? And they all basically like agree that you need to have your own finances, especially if you're not married, but even if you are married. And yeah. I just wanted to say, I think the fen- the real phenomenon that is bizarre here is not people wanting to not work and pamper themselves all day, because obviously, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to do that? Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> it's the phenomenon of TikTok where people like film like, their day or film like their life yeah it's so weird to me when someone is filming a video that's like me getting out of bed and then the next one is like me pressing start on the coffee machine because it's like that means that they got out of bed already set up the tripod got back into bed and then pretended to get out of bed possibly multiple times and then yeah so on so on and i find that really strange because i thought like the whole thing about tiktok was like it's rough around the edges like we were shaking the camera as we set it down to start our video like but then there's this no it's full it's full cinema now yeah it's like this whole other side of tiktok where people are doing that and it like weirds me out and then also like the get ready with me thing like yeah i don't mind that as much because it's like sure i'll watch you like be in your underwear and then get dressed but it's like why is that so popular all of a sudden i think that what's really interesting about the like you know this is how i live my life videos is that you're literally just like inviting people to criticize every single element of like what you do in your day and that is actually like my worst nightmare like my worst fear would be having people see how I actually live my life. Yeah. And like, even just the thought of someone seeing how I get up in the morning yeah. and then being able to like openly criticize every single thing I'm doing. Like, can you imagine if like I posted my real day? They'd be like, girl, it's three and all you've had is ice coffee. <laughs> like, you're sick. Like, your organs are dying. <laughs> like, yeah like you're eating a ristorante as your first meal at five like you're not okay so when people are just like posting and just leaving it up to the audience to like criticize every single thing they're doing i'm like that's just a really interesting way to live your life yeah i think that is the same reason why i have like discomfort with it that i'm still these are not full thoughts like i'm still processing but i just was like Uh you know when i was doing my thinking before the podcast i was like (laughs) These are some weird things that go on on TikTok that are like counter to like everything I thought I knew about TikTok. Right. What's interesting about them discussing the stay-at-home girlfriends now on The View is that actually this week, the thing that people are actually talking about is the trad wife trend on TikTok. And I kind of, I almost want to say that like maybe they meant to like, maybe it started with that. 
and then it just like actually kind of got skewed and went to the stay-at-home girlfriend stuff because like what's happening right now the hashtag discourse is that like the there's videos of people doing like day in the life and it's like day in the life as a trad wife and it's like basically the same concept except it's women who like believe that they need to cook and clean and like do all this stuff for their husband or their boyfriend while you know they go to work and it's really not that different of a concept but everyone's like is this feminism because they're choosing to live this life or is it not feminism because they're choosing a submissive role in their life you know and like that is the debate and again it really just comes back to why (laughs) do people want to show strangers how they live every second of their lives yeah the the trad wife like the one that went viral yeah i where she looks she's wearing the dress where in euphoria they say that she looks like she's in oklahoma yes (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's strange to me because i i read this before i read this today and she's talking about how like they try to like pretend that they're in the 1950s and they don't even watch TV and t- unless it's a weekend. And if they're watching uh, a movie, they watch it on their laptop because apparently that makes it more traditional than watching it on a TV. You know, the 1950s style MacBook. And she's like talking about how she has a freezer full of meat because her husband like hunts. And anyways, <laughs> I feel like that has to be complete like... She actually wants to be, like, an influencer or be famous or something, or else she wouldn't be, like, putting herself out there like this. Right. Yeah, like, it either has to be a gimmick or it's full cult. Like, it's one or the other. Yeah. It's full Marsha, Martha, May, Marlene, <laughs> or it's a gimmick. Yeah. There's all of these articles about, like, does Gen Z, are they more attracted to the traditional lifestyle than other generations? And it's trying to like mm-hmm. unpack like how their upbringing has, could have made them right. this way. But I really don't think this is a thing at all. I think it's just like the thing of the week. This reminded me though of um, one of Candace Cameron Bure's books <laughs> that came out in 2014 called mm-hmm. Balancing It All, My Story of Juggling Priorities and Purpose. And in that book, one of the headlines from it was how she said that she believes in being submissive to her husband. And Right. Ooh. I mean, ooh, first of all, we don't need to know that. (laughs) It's boob gay all over again. (laughs) And this actually ended up, I'm pretty sure this was a hot topic on The View once, where they were like, Mm -hmm. "Is what do you think of that? And in the book, she wrote, my husband is a natural born leader. I quickly learned that I had to find a way of honoring his take charge personality and not get frustrated about his desire to have the final decision on just about everything. I'm not a passive person, but I choose to fall into a more submissive role in our relationship because I wanted to do everything in my power to make my marriage and family work. And then she says, within my marriage, we are equal in our importance but we are different in our performances of marriage. And she says that she always lets him have the final say on everything. It's really actually interesting that she's like openly admitting, I am being submissive because I want the marriage to work. And like, I'm letting him have the final say because otherwise the marriage wouldn't work. That's like an actual, really honest answer 
from her because she's basically saying like, yeah, he's a bitch. And if I <laughs> wouldn't let him control everything, we we would be divorced. Exactly. Like, <laughs> she's he like, is actually, he's an asshole. He's toxic. Like, he's a bitch. He's an asshole. He's toxic. <laughs> and if I tried to get my way, like, it would not work. So it's actually kind of bizarrely honest of her to, like, just say that straight up. In response to the stay-at-home girlfriend topic, someone on Facebook commented, so what happens when you get older and lose your shine, as it were, and he trades you out for a newer, younger version? Now you have no life skills, no job skills, and no jobs to put on your resume as past work experience except socialite or social media influencer (laughs) with my boyfriend's cash endowment. Good luck with your future endeavors, sis. Oh my god. I hate to break it to you, but socialite and social media influencer... Sound like pretty lucrative. That's going to get you somewhere, actually. Yeah, unfortunately. It is like, I I mean, just to comment on the original topic, I do agree with all of them that, like, if you're not even married, like, if this person hasn't even, like, married you, and they're just, like, asking you to trust that they'll continue to pay for your stuff and you don't have to, like, have money, and if you break up, you'll be okay. Like, I, that's really stupid. <laughs> that's really dangerous. I wouldn't mind being a kept woman, <laughs> but I don't think I would feel okay without having like a little bit of a backup plan at the same time. Yeah. See, if I was like, if I was, if I had money on my own and then I entered a relationship and they were like, you don't have to work and like, we're going to be okay. But I also, I already had my money on the side. Like, I, that would be different. I'm trying to think of like a famous person who this would like work out with. And I was like, my fir- my brain went to like, you know, Victoria Beckham. And then I was like, no, she literally runs like 18 <laughs> companies, not her. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. if I was entering with my own money and I was like, I'm ready to like retire from working, that would be different. But if I was like Pavo the way that I am now, like I would not be able to trust that like I'm just going to be okay because they could literally put you out on the street and then what? Have you ever heard of And the, then what? <laughs> have you ever heard of the movie Berlin Syndrome? No. It's it's on Netflix. It's on your Netflix account that I no longer <laughs> That I canceled. Today is the last day. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I have three hours to watch it. <laughs> it's on your Netflix account that I no longer <laughs> have access to. Thank you, Netflix. Uh-huh. It's about this girl who's a tourist in Berlin and it stars the hot German guy from Sense Eight. And Okay. He, they like have a meet cute. She's like touring around Berlin. They have a meet cute. And then she goes back to his place and mm. they hook up. She stays the night there. The next day she wakes up and he's like gone to work and uh-huh. she realizes that she's like locked in the apartment, but she's like, oh, oh, like that's funny. Like, I guess I'm locked in and just kind of assumes it's an accident. And he comes home and he's like, oh yeah, like he, he's so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But yeah. then she stays another night there. And then the next day she wakes up and she's locked in again. <gasps> and then she's like, oh my God, I've been kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> and like the rest of the movie is like her dealing with that. And then it's taken. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually such a good movie, but it's literally like the horror movie version of stay at home girlfriend. Oh my god. Because, like, that's why he kidnapped her. He just wanted her to be his, like, stay at home girlfriend. Okay. Have you seen the horror movie version of Trad Wife, which is, um, Don't Worry, Darling? <laughs> um, I actually have not. Okay. Well, never mind. 
I, but it's so very much it is literally that but it's the horror movie version of trad wife i decided bravely to skip <laughs> seeing don't worry darling i needed to watch it because i wanted to see if this movie is the root of all of this drama like i gotta see what the movie is and the movie's actually i mean don't hate me i thought it was good it's not gonna you know it wasn't rewriting history but it was a good entertaining movie for what it was but it was yeah it was that i'm not gonna spoil it but it was like <gasps> you want to had one of those i had a <gasps> moment you want to see a good entertaining movie with a strong female lead yeah cocaine bear <laughs> i went to see cocaine bear at the vip did. at the vip <gasps> Oh and run to see it. It is. <laughs> I have not enjoyed a movie so much in so long. Okay, I'm really glad to hear you say that. And that is exactly my review. Everything about that, including the VIP seating for Megan. That was exactly how I felt. Kevin, I went to see Megan twice in the same week at you the know, theater. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to diminish Megan because, and that's another strong female lead and yeah, icon. Uh-huh. But. I think I actually laughed harder and had more fun at Cocaine Bear. Wow. And I hope that we get to see more cocaine animal movies. I would like to see Cocaine Bird. (laughs) Cocaine Poultry. (laughs) Cocaine Chicken. Anyways, moving on. Wait, speaking of TikTok, have you tried the bold glamour filter yet? Yes. So upsetting. I looked really, really good. It was like looking at, you know, it was like if you or if you worked hard enough, this is what you could look like. Unfortunately, this is what you actually look like. <laughs> the problem is, like, if you do it, if you go into it raw without looking at your face first, mm-hmm. and you're just yeah. looking at the filter and you haven't looked at your face... Yeah. You can't figure out what's different. It's like, no. wait, that I can't even tell what it changed. Like <laughs> You're so right. And then you turn it off and it's like, oh, my life is ruined. It's the poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> the cocaine bear is me. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly. So moving on to one last hot topic, a woman wrote into Miss Manners asking for advice because she has a friend who likes to entertain in a room where there is a giant naked painting of her. Uh And the view was like, what would you do? I actually have the, the whole question and the advice that was given. It says, dear Miss Manners, Some good friends of ours, a husband and a wife, have a painting of the wife in their living room. The painting is a nude from her much younger days. It is not erotic, but it is very large and very explicit and detailed. She is looking at the viewer with a direct challenge. When we visit... (laughs) When we visit... We are always taken to this room. I've asked to go to another room or to the garden, but my hostess says she loves to entertain in that room because of the sea view, which it does have. It does not seem that there is any polite way to avoid the giant nude short of not visiting at all. Can you think of a way? And then this is the advice that someone was paid to provide. It says... 
Many social situations require one to ignore the obvious. This is called tact. Miss Manners would have thought this was one of the less unpleasant of such situations, as you will be able to have a good snicker about it on the car in the car on the way home. <laughs> Thanks for the advice, Miss Manners. Mia. <laughs> So on The View, basically... Everyone was really, really distraught. Everyone except Whoopi was really distraught at the idea, except Whoopi and Alyssa, actually, (laughs) was really just disturbed at the idea of, like, going to your friend's house and seeing them naked. I think the weird thing in this discussion, though, is, like, they were kind of talking about it as though it was a photograph. And I think... A painting, yeah. a nude painting, is very different than a nude photograph. Like, even if it is super detailed. It's very funny to me. And you're right. Like, a photograph is not the same as a painting. The one point that... So, I've, they were, like, not not having it. Joy, Sunny, and Sarah. The one point that did make me think, like, mm, okay, was when Sarah was, like, what if, like, you're there? What if, like, other couples are there? And it's, like, what if, like, the husbands are, like leering at the photo and i'm just like ew yeah like yeah that is gross but also like that feels like that's a problem that you married a man who leers yeah at paintings of your friends you got a you married a leerer you (laughs) and that's your mistake and we shouldn't have to pay for it and Whoopi really just like summed it up perfectly where she was like just don't go to that house. If it bothers you that much, don't go to their house. Why are you going? And that's it. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And speaking of simple, a simple favor, <gasps> which Alyssa, Alyssa had to bring up. You, you could just like tell she was like dying to finally bring this up because no one was addressing the fact that this is literally like a plot point in the movie, A Simple Favor, starring Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. And Alyssa was there for the simple favor stands the community <laughs> the little the little fa- the little favies <laughs> it's like she really wanted to bring it up and no one was having it because no one on the panel had even heard of this movie so instead she had to be like and if i was blake lively i would also have a painting of myself yeah, i don't like it. this happens in the movie a simple favor with blake lively yeah. but if i'm blake lively i'm definitely commissioning a portrait of myself and putting it on the wall Okay. <laughs> Stand in your truth, girl. It never takes long for the lesbian to jump out on this. <laughs> Every time someone comes in to the panel. It's like a safety zone. It's like when they're bombing, they go to lesbianism because they know it'll get some laughs. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not offended by that. I think this is kind of like, I think we talked about something similar in our last episode where it was like, Maybe if you are uncomfortable with your friend that has a nude portrait of them, then like uh-huh. maybe you you have the wrong friends. Like maybe you haven't yeah. found your friends because I think it would be hilarious if any of my yeah. friends had a giant nude oil painting of them. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Like to me, it's very funny. And I do feel like maybe this also is like a plot point in Sex and the City. Whereas Samantha has something similar happening. And it's like, you can't be mad at that friend for doing that because that's them. They're a goofball. You knew that when when you became friends with them. I went into the Facebook comments on the View page Mm -hmm. to see what people had to say about this. Sarah says, 
I wouldn't have a problem with it, but my husband is not invited, period. Barbara replies, you sound insecure, like you don't trust him looking at a picture. Sarah responds, married 36 years, insecurity has nothing to do with it, more like common sense, but you do you. Wow. And that was Sarah Haynes commenting that. (laughs) Judy says, love, I guess this is the time you have to think, well, she has it, so she's flaunting it all the way. Or better still, if you are made uncomfortable, do not go to that gal's house. True. Envy says, y'all sound insecure. That's that lady's house. She do, <laughs> she do what she want over there. If you are scared your man is going to like it, stop going over there. If you have no children in the house, more power to her. Lloyd says, sounds like a playboy club. That's how wealthy playboys live. (laughs) Lastly, Brandy says, Art in someone else's home is their prerogative, not the visitor's. Company has a choice whether to visit or not. It's a person being petty with jealousy from their own insecurities. Yet again, their prerogative, not the friend's or public's business to address or help them realize the issue isn't the painting in someone's own home. The issue is within themselves. It's ridiculous that anyone would find it a topic for debate. What is in your own or isn't your uh, your business? What what is in your own or isn't is your business alone? If anyone has an issue, they have choices. That is true. I'm always saying that. What is in your own <laughs> is yours alone. <laughs> yep. So I think we pretty much got it. Kind of nailed it. That was the month. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up there. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Elizabeth? <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you. We'll try again next time. (laughs) We'll do better next time. We'll do better next time. You could always reach out to us on social media. Leave us a voice memo. If you have something to say, a a comment, a complaint. Just kidding. Don't complain. (laughs) And until next time, I hope everyone has a great day and takes a little time to enjoy. Alyssa's nachos on fire. (laughs) Hit it, Abby. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. Quit hitting her. My nachos are on fire. We're bringing.